Hey everybody, welcome to No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host Asa and I'm here with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this is This Week in AEW. And let's get right into it with some match results. AEW Dynamite, September 6, 2023. Uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. AEW International Champion John Moxley pinned AR Fox, one of the many title matches AR Fox has been given in the company. AEW TBS Champion Chris Statlander pinned Emmy Sakura. Very short, very hard hitting match. Le Sex Gods beat Aussie Open. That was the match of the night. In the Grand Slam uh, World Title Shot quarterfinal, Roderick Strong, the best thing going in AEW, pinned Trent Beretta. In another Grand Slam World Title Shot quarterfinal, Darby Allen beat his friend Nick Wayne by submission. And in AEW Collision, or on AEW Collision, rather, September 9th, 2023. From Cleveland, Ohio. From Cleveland. AEW International Champion John Moxley beat Action Andretti in a good match. AEW TBS Champion Chris Statlander pinned Robin Renegade. In the match of the night, uh, it was a trios match. Juice Robinson and the Guns of Bullet Club Gold beat Aerostar, Gravity, and Dios del Inframundo. Great team. Uh, Ray Phoenix beat Angelico. And in the Grand Slam World Title Tournament semifinals, Roderick Strong beat Darby Allen in a great match. And Samoa Joe beat Penta El Zero Miedo. What was your match of the week? Match of the week, I probably got to go with Le Sex Gods over Aussie Open. That was, oh, that was great. That was a great match. Mm-hmm. Just wonderful moves, all four men uh, at the top of their game. And it's just a well, uh, well-wrestled match. You know, not for anything besides, you know, spots in the, you know, in the tag team ladder, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, just a very good match. It's a shame that they basically broke up, like, essentially the second the match was over. Like, they didn't even get their hands raised together before they started fighting with each other. But did they break up, or were they just fighting? Well, they have a match facing each other this week, and generally you don't do that with your friends. Well, they can still be friends and be on the outs with each other. I'm just, I don't think, I don't think we can count the team as broken up. I think... I think they're just having a match to kind of clear the air, and I'm not counting the team as broken up, really. Well, I mean, I'd prefer to think like that, because I like them. And we put them in the rankings this week. Yeah. That's because it's this past week in AEW. It's not future weeks in AEW, and this week in AEW, they were a tag team. Mm-hmm. We're not predicting the future with our rankings. That's true. That'd be cool if we could. So let's talk some news items, I guess. Storylines next. Storylines next? Yeah, that's the order. Oh, okay. Matches, storylines. Well, one one thing, one storyline they've got going is definitely John Moxley as 
the fightingest international champion since Orange Cassidy. <laughs> uh, he defended his international title on Dynamite against A.R. Fox, defended it on Collision against Action Andretti, and more defenses to come. And my idea that I've I've kept saying is for John Moxley to go on one of his many trips overseas to Japan to go overseas and to lose it to someone over there to where the title truly is international and lose it to someone over there and then to where AEW has to go and get it back. You know, I think that would be cool and where we we send we send like a contingent of wrestlers. We send like three or four wrestlers with a quest to recapture the international title. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool. I like this idea too, but I think he should lose it at Wrestle Dream to someone internationally and not lose it in the international scene, but lose it to someone internationally in the States. Then that person takes the belts to the belt to whatever country they're from. I guess that would work too. That could work too. That way we can see him lose it and then we can yeah. see the like frenzy to try and get it back head over there, you know? That could work too. Yeah. Yeah, and then send maybe like three wrestlers over to try and try and regain it. I Who think would, would you be send? cool. Putting me on the spot. Yep. John Moxley. Ray Phoenix. Roderick Strong can't travel because of that neck injury. <laughs> um Okay, you got came up with two. That's good. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It's just <laughs> I can't come up with a third. I, How about Wardlow? They're not and, doing anything with him. Send Wardlow. Okay, send Wardlow. That way, we're sending a big guy. Well, I my I had a third in mind right before you said send oh, Wardlow. Who just who are we gonna say? Big Bill. Oh. yeah, I think they should send a big guy. So John so. Moxley, Big Bill. And Ray Phoenix. They shouldn't send it. Big Bill's just getting going. He just got a manager. Like, they're finally doing something with him in Well, he's AEW. the one that wins it back and brings it back. Yeah, but we're not going to get to and see that. And then he comes back and he's a pompous ass. They got to establish No, we will first. see it. We'll be, we'll, no, we will see it. They'll have television rights to their own belt when it getting one back. We will see the match. AEW will have the television rights to their own match. Do they show like when there's a new? We'll ju- work it out where we have where would they have television rights to the match? Okay, I just don't understand. And then we'll show it on AEW. On like Rampage. But, sure, why not? Because the other two shows are live, so. Yeah, sure. Why not? My point is, it, the, all we need to see is the pin. Really, all we need to see is Big Big Bill power bombing whoever won it the prior month, pinning him and getting the title, and then Big Bill comes back as this, you know conquering hero and has a has a big dick you know over winning the international title back and now big bill is more over than when he left yeah that wouldn't be hard i disagree i don't think he's ready to get sent over yet i think give him a month and then send him over sure but he's just getting it like that's what i'm saying this is not a thing that's happening now we're talking about him Moxley losing the title October first. Uh, October first, good call. We're not talking about the the guys yeah. getting sent over to Japan until like you know, say November, end of October, early November. Okay. And 
mean, down with like it. Like I said, you're sitting over Moxley, Ray Phoenix, Big Bill, and you know that you have scheduled you know three matches. Say one of them, say Ray Phoenix has a match with the champion, loses, and then Big Bill is scheduled second. He wins it, so Moxley's match never happens. So Moxley is just like steaming that he never got his chance. Oh, I see. Never got his chance against the the, mm-hmm. the, the champion. Never got his chance to win it back because he had the third mm-hmm. scheduled match. So then, do you do him versus Big Bill? Yeah. They're both heels, though, aren't they? Yeah, that's what we got to figure out. Yeah. Hmm. All right, what else we got storyline-wise? That's just fantasy booking. Yeah. But that, that would be interesting. But uh, but the point of, of the whole thing was mm-hmm. John Moxley is a fighting international champion taking on all comers. Same thing can be said of Chris Statlander. She's doing the same thing with the TBS title. Mm-hmm. Had, a, had a great, short but great match with Emi Sakura on Dynamite. I love Emi Sakura. Yeah, she's crazy. She's a gem. She needs to stop dressing like a like nineteen fifties playing card. Mm-mm. Because um, I feel like people discredit her because of that, and they shouldn't. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she dresses like a yeah, she dresses like a nineteen eighties gimmick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she needs an update, kind of. But she's mm-hmm. old. Older. She's had many matches. She's had like 2,000 something I don't know matches. how old she is, but it's she's old. Older. She's in her 40s, I think. I'm at least, yeah. Um, so another uh, storyline brewing. Uh, the Sex Gods, we touched on it a bit, but so their breakup is happening. Mm-hmm. And Jericho and... Uh, I was about to say Darby Allen. Jericho and Sammy Guevara... Are scheduled to meet September twentieth, Grand Slam. What do you see happening there? Who do you see winning? I think Sammy's got to win. Sammy's got to win. I think so. Don't you? What would be the point for either of them if Jericho beats Sammy? Yeah. Well. Jericho establishes his dominance and Sammy realizes he's not ready to go out on his own just yet. Or you can have Sammy beats Jericho but then still and this is probably the way they should do it Sammy beats Jericho but chooses to stay with Jericho. So either way you have them staying together. Yeah, they're good together. I think so too. They've been hinting at them splitting up for like over a year. I feel like they gotta pull the trigger on it at some point. Yeah, JAS is dead. I mean, so they're all. They should have a have a. They they either need to have them make a go in the tag team division or break them up. One of those two things. And I say have them make a go in the tag team division. Why not? That would be nice. We haven't had, like, a new tag team in a while. We had Big Bill and Brian Cage, but it looks like that's over. Yeah, seems like that's over. I guess Better Than You Baby is a new tag team. Yeah. They're newer. Newer, yeah. But, well, the sex gods aren't new. They just aren't always teaming. I mean, we haven't seen them in a long time, so yeah. they feel new. But, uh... I mean, Sammy needs the win, you could say. Yeah. 
But we can't just beat Jericho like a drum either, you know? I mean, he's lost uh, some higher-profile matches here. He's lost to Action Andretti, you know, had a big loss. That was loss. a while ago. That was a while ago, but I feel like he's been losing a little too regularly. But I feel like that's part of his character's story right now. I feel like they're leading to a crisis of character with Jericho. Because he lost, his, lost the JAS, he tried to join the Callis family, and that went horribly wrong. Yeah. He's been losing all his matches. Like, I feel like this is leading somewhere. So I feel like the losses are taking us to I hope, uh, I hope so. Because otherwise they're just beating him yeah, for no yeah, reason. Yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, and over, you can overuse it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he has a lot of uh, uh, cachet, but you can overuse it. Is that how you say that word? Yeah, you can say it different ways, but that's how you say it in that context, yes. The same thing as, like, your web browser cache? You say cache? No, cache is how you say it in that context. Oh, oh, I see, okay. You say he has a lot of cache. Okay, I got you. Thank you. The more you know, you know? Yeah. No, if it's about someone's reputation, there's a lot of cache. Hmm. learning something new. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It, I mean, it's key for Guevara and Jericho's characters, how they play this, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, it really is, so... And it's a big show. They're, they're not selling a ton of tickets for Grand Slam, either. Um, this is the one that's in It's New in York, Arthur right? Ashe in New York. Okay, and how, how many tickets have they sold? Um, so... As of, this is from July. Oh, from July? Oh, never mind then. Well, we won't look at those figures. But I was looking at some figures the other day, and the they've still got quite a few tickets out um, for for September 20th, and the, the prices are, are ridiculous that I was looking at for the Grand Slam. Oh, like the ticket prices? Yeah, the ticket prices are, are ridiculous. Well, it's New York, so everything's inflated. Yeah. Maybe this will be a good learning opportunity for them to not jack up the prices to their tickets. Hopefully. Hopefully. What got me on talking about that? Oh, talking about Jericho versus Sammy. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're ma- making that a big show. Um, so, speaking of the Grand Slam, another thing we've had building up to that is this Grand Slam tournament. Now, I want to talk about the Grand Slam tournament. So, it's come down to Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe. So, I have something to say about that. I have a lot to say about that. But, before, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. You've, you, you've watched, you've seen every match in the tournament. Yeah, of course. Are these names in the tournament, are these the names that you think deserve to be in the tournament for a world title shot? No. Roderick Strong, Trent Beretta, Darby Allen, Nick Wayne, uh, where am I? Samoa others? Joe. Penta. Samoa Joe, Penta El Zero Miedo, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, and I forget number eight. I don't have. Was it? Was, who, it, was Ray Phoenix in it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, who did, think who did Roderick Strong just beat? Well, he beat Trent Barretta in the quarters. He oh. beat Darby Allen in the semis. Oh, okay. So seven and some somebody else we're forgetting. 
So, but some of these names, like Trent Beretta. No, no, no. He can be in that picture, sure. He can be in the world title picture? That's the first name you bring up? Nick Wayne is in this tournament. He's been in the company for like a month. Where is Swerve Well, I was just going in the order of my, on my paper. Okay, but no, we need to, we need to go in order of the most egregious. And Nick Wayne is the most egregious person in this tournament. Well, forget about Swerve Strickland. Where's fucking, fucking John Moxley? He's already got a belt. Where's Kenny Omega? Yeah, no, exactly. Where's John Moxley? Where's Kenny Omega? Where's Brian Danielson who just returned? Brian Danielson, exactly. Yeah, where are the stars in this tournament? And why is it? Well, I'm not, and I won't say why is it because I know why. I think I know why. You know, every, every time they do one of these tournaments, it's this way where it's mid carders, mm-hmm. isn't it? We don't get tournaments full of the stars, no, because they don't want to beat anybody. They don't want the stars to beat anybody. They don't want no. They don't want their stars to lose. They don't oh, ever oh, want I their see. stars to lose. I thought it was to give opportunities to the mid carders. No, I think it's because they don't want their stars to lose ever on TV. I feel like it's because the stars are already so good, they get opportunities just because they want them. They don't need to be in a tournament to get to an opportunity. But like, the stars don't get opportunities. Like when did who who was your example for who should be in the world title? When's the last time Kenny Omega got a goddamn world title match? He has other stuff going on. They've been occupied, <laughs> you know? But, uh, but I'm saying here, but when's the last time Kenny Omega got a world title opportunity, but Trent Beretta's in the fucking number one contender tournament? Trent Beretta is good and does not get enough respect. He doesn't belong in this tournament. Doesn't belong to within an inch of this tournament. I disagree. No, what? Trent Beretta Trent or Beretta. Nick Wayne doesn't Nick belong Wayne. Nick Wayne near this to. fucking tournament. Yeah, no, no. Nick Wayne shouldn't be able to tie the shoes of the people in this tournament. He's not there. Neither yet. should Trent Beretta. He's a he's a very good wrestler, Trent Beretta. Don't get me wrong. In, in contention for a world title, not even motherfucking close. He can Who be else in was like in this fucking thing? Jeff Hardy. Who else was in this? Um, Jeff Hardy. Right now, no, not even close. Mm-hmm. No. He hasn't had enough matches or wins to be anywhere close. You know, it should be the people who have been who have been there for this company. Like I said, Moxley, Danielson, Jericho. Mm-hmm. Motherfucking Chris Jericho's in your company. Why isn't he in this tournament? Mm-hmm. Or, or even Sammy Guevara could, could be there. But instead we got Trent Beretta, Nick Wayne, mm-hmm. you know, Penta, who's great, is great. Don't get me wrong. Penta Penta doesn't need to be in the number one contender tournament. He absolutely... Penta doesn't need to be in the number one contender tournament. He needs to be in the tag matches. Who is Penta beat? Who is Penta beat? Who hasn't Penta beat? (laughs) You see my point. You see my point now. You see my point now. We could have Omega, Danielson... Moxley, Jericho. Okay, there's a name... That yeah. could be in it. Takeshita. Yeah. We could have these names I'm naming, but instead we get Beretta, Nick Wayne, Darby Allen, mm-hmm. etc. I feel you know? like, but they don't... Samoa Joe belongs in it, okay. Roderick mm-hmm. Strong, he belongs in it. Who has he beat until this tournament? He hasn't even Until wrestled. this tournament, nobody. So but, he doesn't belong but in it. But he belongs in it because he is part of the best 
the most interesting thing yeah. that is happening in AEW that's right true. now. Mm-hmm. That's why he belongs in it. Yeah. So, Joe and Strong, they got the last two. Those two belong in it. That's fine. Uh, but they could have done the Joe and Strong thing outside of this tournament and mm-hmm. been just fine, and it had nothing to do with the world title. But I'm sure they have a plan. That's fine. But give me, you know, us as fans, we want to, you know, we notice these things. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who, who Tony Khan thinks he's fucking fooling with this shit. We notice when you give us a number one contender tournament. Like, does he think we're excited for the tournament just because it's a tournament? I I, I love brackets. I love tournaments. Mm-hmm. But even I can't get excited when you call it a number one contender tournament and then put fucking Nick Wayne and Trent Beretta and Penta. And I love Penta. He doesn't belong in a number one contender tournament for the world title. Nick Wayne (laughs) is a very good wrestler. Doesn't belong in a number one contender tournament. I don't think Darby Allen belongs in it. Darby Allen doesn't belong in it either. No, he belongs in the TNT Mm -hmm. contention. That's where he belongs. Nick Wayne belongs in the opening matches of the show. Penta belongs in tag team matches. Mm. Trent Beretta belongs in tag team matches. I'm not telling any lies here. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Well, here's my question. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Do you feel like AEW is going to the tournament well too often? Yes. What is up with that? It's like all of a sudden they're like, let's have a tournament. And that's like all they're doing. Like, I mean, I get the Owen Hart Cup thing. But then you should have stopped for like, I don't know, four months, five months. We've had like three tournaments since the Owen Hart Cup. It feels like it. I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think that's really how many we've had. Because they had one for the women. They had one for the men for uh, the tag tag belts. Tag belts. And now this one. And now this one. So that's three. On top of how, how many battle royals. Yeah. They got to come up with something. It's like all of a sudden for both of those. Yeah. Like, do they just run out of ideas and they're like, we're just going to keep doing these things because they're fun and they get a lot of people's faces out there? I guess. Like, I can't even think of what they were doing before they were doing these battle royals and tournaments to determine. Is that when they were using the rankings? Like, what did they use to determine who was going to have the next title? Storylines and stuff. Yeah. So they just gave up writing storylines? Apparently. What the hell? Apparently. Because, um. yeah, the, and, and like I said, don't think the audience doesn't notice because now then you've got, like I said, you got these matches. Roderick Strong beats Trent Beretta. Great, but what is behind that match? Nothing. Nothing behind it. Darby Allen beat Nick Wayne in the tournament. All right, you got a little something behind that. But then we got Roderick Strong beat Darby Allen. Great match, but what's behind it? Nothing. Samoa Joe beat Penta. Great match, but what's behind it? Nothing. You know, it's nice to have something, you know, some, even in the tournament, it's nice to have some context to the matches, not just wrestler A versus wrestler B. This isn't just Tony Khan. And look, Tony Khan, I think he's a very good booker. I'm not one of those who runs him down all the time uh, and acts like he doesn't know what he's doing. I'm sure it's, it's much harder than any of us know. But this isn't just playing with your action figures, Tony. These are real people, and we need to have some emotion involved behind these matchups. It's it can't. It's not just as simple as put good wrestler A versus good wrestler B, and it all will work out great. 
after a while, that gets old. You know, we need something more. That's that's why you have the storylines. You know, that's why we have emotions in with with the wrestling. That's why we have stories in with the wrestling. You know, otherwise it would just be match, 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 match all night. You know, we need a little something more behind it and, and a little something more than you're giving us right now, you know, because it, just putting performer against performer isn't enough. There needs to be, you know, like I said, some context to the matches, a little more than we're getting, I feel like, and 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 a little more emotion, you know, we need a little more uh, driving force behind these competitors, but he's trying to use so many people that, that we don't get what's driving them, we, we don't get to understand what's driving most of these men and women he's using, because he's trying to use so many because he signed so goddamn many people that we don't get a chance to know most of them. So we don't know what's driving them. So when they get in conflicts with other people, we don't get the context because we don't know the characters well enough. And he's got this circle. He's just running around where he's constantly trying to use everybody on TV. And it's, and it's, you, 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 am I wrong here? Yes. Um, what? Yeah. So, so you're partially wrong. I was waiting for you to finish so that I could say this. Um, So I disagree that we need stories to care about matches. I think that if you do have two good wrestlers that are on the same level, that sometimes that's enough. I'm okay. Like, I like Ring of Honor where it's like match, 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 match. Because everyone is there for a clear purpose. Like, they're going after the belt. Everyone is trying to wrangle for positioning there is logic behind the matches and that's what AEW is missing it's not just missing story or context it's missing logic Mm -hmm. like how did Jeff Hardy who's been only in the title scene or only in the tag team scene and has been currently feuding with Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal how did he jump to a match against who is it Samoa Joe in this tournament like world title number one contender what logic puts a tag team wrestler a mid-card tag team wrestler in world contention tournament status like I don't care about the story I care about logic and this is illogical like as long as what you're doing makes sense Mm -hmm. there doesn't have to be a big story behind it because the logic will give you context without having to tell a story. You know, like, it would make sense for Kenny Omega to have a match with someone on the level of, like, Adam Page or Claudio Castagnoli without much of a story or an explanation because they're on the same level. But throwing a bunch of random guys from all over the card into a into a world title picture tournament doesn't make any sense. And without any story behind it, it's even more confusing. So I think you can skip the story if, you're, if your matchups are logical, and these are not. Yeah, I agree. I hear, I hear what you're saying. Um, i tell you a way, just to start, that this, this tournament would, would have been better. This uh, number one contender for the Grand Slam tournament would have 
would have been better. Take out all the other names and just start with... This is just a... Uh, just start with these names. John Moxley, Christian Cage, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, Konosuke Takeshita, and then you can still put in Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. And then you can still do whatever else you want to do. Doesn't that sound like a much better tournament? Oh, yeah. It sounds like there's fucking stakes on the line. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you're going to see some big time matchups and you can still do strong and joe in the final if you want or you could have done it totally outside of the tournament if you want to do strong and joe i disagree about christian and about john moxley they both already have titles they don't need to be in a tournament well they don't have to win the the, the, the i know but i don't think they should be in i think they should be focusing on defending their titles i don't think they should be worried that's why you have them lose in the tournament that's what i'm saying you can't be afraid to have people lose no i'm not saying they shouldn't be in it and lose or win i'm saying they shouldn't be in it we're just talking one match have them in the tournament so that it lead it lends the tournament it lends the tournament you know value and you just, they, they lose their match. I just feel like there are other wrestlers you could put that would add value that don't have belts already. Well, Christian doesn't technically have he a belt. He pretends to have a belt that counts. But Moxley does, and that yeah. that would be great. You put him with the international title in this and actually have him lose a match to, like, Takeshita or Jericho or Omega. Just a non-title match? A non-title match, yeah, and have him actually take a loss. I don't care for that. Yeah. No, I just don't like the idea of him being in And the Christian tournament. actually takes a goddamn loss, you know? And who do you have in the finals? Uh, you know. Takeshita. Who do we, who, who, uh, who's the world champion? MJF. So we have a heel. Yeah, Takeshita. Mm-hmm. We have Takeshita and say, what, either? Roderick Strong. And say Moxley or Omega in the finals. No, Roderick Strong for the story. Roderick Strong. I never and care Tekeshta. about this story, and I care about this story. Well, I'll talk. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. Well, whoever MJF and what Takeshita do that for the championship. Roderick Strong. Roderick, <laughs> Roderick Strong. For the championship. You, the number one most interesting MJF thing in, and Strong. in wrestling, is okay. according to you. MJF and Strong for the championship. Yeah. So it'd be. You do the semifinals would be like, Strong. We don't need to, to book out. Okay, we don't need to book it match. out. I'm, ju- I'm just, I'm just pointing out that I came up with yeah. a better tournament in two minutes here than they put on. Yeah. That's my point. Uh, so, Roderick Strong. Let's talk about this. Roderick Strong is the best thing going in AEW. I don't even know how to start talking about this. Let's start with the pictures yeah, I, that they put up. I need to restate what you just said in a different way. What? Roderick Strong yeah. is the best thing they have going in AEW? It's the most interesting thing going in AEW. That's crazy. Isn't that what I said? The most interesting yeah, yeah. thing okay, going. I didn't so, say best. Okay, most interesting. Most Explain interesting it. thing Explain going. Explain yourself. 
well, so one, just the pictures, the graphics that they use yeah, awesome. are awesome. <laughs> Whoever Whoever's taking these pictures, whoever's idea was, give them a fucking raise. Whoever got him those glasses. Whoever got him those glasses, yeah. give them a raise. And whoever's been putting them on his face crooked yeah. consistently. He's got these giant glasses. They're like Ryan Reynolds glasses. Yeah, and his neck brace. And like in the pictures, he's pulling at the brace. Yeah, oh, it's good. Like it's, it's so too good, yeah. tight on him. And, oh, my God, it's so good. These I, pictures I, are so good. I love that they're taking the neck brace off of him for his matches. And right. then as soon as it's over, putting yeah. it back on. It's like on. Elvis's cape. Oh, it's so, it's so as good. As soon as, yeah. or James Brown's cape. As mm-hmm. soon as he's done, it, they put it right back on him. Yeah. It's his neck brace. As soon as he's done, he's calling for it. Oh, my neck, my neck, my neck. Put it back on. Put it back on me. And they rush to him. Matt Taven rushes to him to put it right back mm-hmm. on him. Uh but yeah, so first off, these pictures in the matchup screens are just gold. And and then they they're doing these you know, the these segments of a sit down interview. It's is it clear who did the interview with them? It's not clear, it's not but clear. there's somebody, it's like an armchair. It's like not like a like the normal yeah. like folding chair. It's well it's like, an it's armchair. Like a cushy armchair. He's sitting in a cushy armchair with his legs splayed yeah. open. Out open wide like a weirdo, mm-hmm. and a shot like up angle, and mm-hmm. then with the kingdom just standing behind him like they're the the bodyguards yeah. of the emperor in yes. Star Wars, yeah, yeah, at waiting on his every beck and call, mm-hmm. yeah. and then he's talking about how he had this terrible childhood of his his father's a pill head and his mom's an alcoholic. Meanwhile, they're showing these pictures of everyone smiling and having mm-hmm. the best time of their life yeah. and these birthday parties and trips to Chuck E. Cheese and mm-hmm. whatever yeah. and everybody's smiling and they're just, just like picture perfect childhood mm-hmm. yeah. while he's telling these terrible stories mm-hmm. that don't match the pictures. Yeah. Oh my God. They could go on with this and so they could go on with this It's in so many ways and and you know what killed me the other night was was they asked him about Adam Cole and he was just like, I just want my friend back, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's like, I don't know what's going on with him. I just want my friend back. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this guy is gold and he is playing this part. Mm-hmm. Just chef's kiss, as they mm-hmm. say. So what do you do with this tournament? Do you let Roderick Strong beat you, Samoa Joe? You let Roderick Strong beat Samoa Joe, yes. There's no way they're doing that. I think he's going to beat him, yeah. You I think, think Roderick, Roderick Strong's Strong going to beat Samoa, Samoa Joe? Joe? Somehow, some some crooked way, Rod, Roderick Strong, he's got his two lackeys with oh, him. Oh, that's true. But the only the person kingdom. I've seen beat Samoa Joe in the last, like, year has been CM Punk. And that's well, a big name. Roderick Strong's got his two lackeys with him. And... You know, you've got this, you know, friendship triangle going with Roderick Strong and Adam Cole and mm-hmm. uh, MJF. MJF. So, yeah, you do MJF versus Roderick Strong with Adam Cole watching on. Yes, definitely. But I feel like I mean, they've you, done you've more. You've got to. You've got to. They've done more to build. Like, I feel like Roderick's stuff hasn't been about MJF. It's been about Adam Cole. 
Oh, and you do and more so, with Samoa so Joe. They've done more with Samoa Joe and MJF. So yeah. I feel like that's why I feel like MJ yeah. uh, Samoa Joe's winning this, not just uh, because he's yeah, Samoa Joe. Yeah, you're probably right. It probably but is Samoa Joe. Like all the face-offs and the ring. Man, they could go either way with it. Yeah, which is kind of nice, you know, like going into this really feeling like either man yeah. could potentially win depending on which direction they want to take it in. But yeah, I feel like I feel like Roderick Strong's going to go after Adam. I don't think he's going to go after MJF. Which I think is good because I don't think he's ready for a title shot. I mean, his story is interesting. He's wrestling he's been, at a high level. He's only had two matches. He's wrestled at a very high level in both of them. Yeah, but you don't go from like not having any matches to like hurting your neck in a like beginning storyline to then you're against MJF. That's like out of nowhere. I don't know. I think I think do MJF and Joe. And I do think him and probably Adam. do MJF and Joe and yeah, but do you do him and a him and Adam at Grand Slam? Yeah. No. No. You wait for pay per view. Yeah, because you gotta you gotta build the rest of the story. Because like right now he's in this title shot contention. Yeah. So I don't know if like. I feel like. I don't know if, like, Adam should be, like, watching the match with him and Joe. I think you have like, Roderick and the Kingdom come and ruin the title match is what you do. Joe and MJF's title match? Yes, yeah. Come and just beat, leave them both bloody. Like, really fuck them up. Fuck them both up. That'd be a big up for all That's three what of those I think. guys. That's what I think. The Kingdom haven't done anything well, like that in AEW. Okay, well, and then you do it, and then, bam, they're they're... Main event level. Roderick Strong is main event level, just like that. He's there. That does like it. That's turning that does them, it. That's turning them from, like, fun heels to, like, super serious, scary heels. Yeah, well, I think you need to. I they're think doing they're... such a good job, but you like them because they're fun heels. They got this, like, crazy story that's, like, interesting, and they don't like them because they're, but like... You can, do, you can go back and forth. AEW does that, does that kind of stuff where, you know, they're serious. Well... They, they do they do that kind of stuff where they're serious one minute and they're they're not so much the next. Jericho does it all the time where sometimes we'll have a serious storyline yeah. mm-hmm. and then he's goofing around the next week. You Can know? you think of another example besides Jericho? Um, MJF does serious storylines yeah, and then sure he does good. goofy okay. shit and yeah. they go back and forth yeah. all the time, you know, based on whatever they want to do. And it works. So, no, what you do is you have... Yeah, I think you have MJF and Joe, and then you have Roderick Strong. Have them go like 10 minutes, and then have Roderick Strong and the Kingdom just show up and just beat them both bloody. Just the three of them just come in and fuck those two up. That's what Hmm. you do. And then where do you go from there? That I'm not so sure about. Uh, Obviously, you have MJF and Cole. All that's going to do is strengthen their friendship. Mm -hmm. You have Cole run in to help, you know. Um, and then you, and that's good enough for one, like, trios match, you know, on, on collision. What trio? Cole, Samoa Joe, and MJF versus, you know, one revenge versus the Kingdom and Roderick Strong. And that'd be a pretty interesting match, I think. And then eventually. It's been a while since we've seen Samoa Joe with a partner of any kind. Yeah. That would be interesting. And then that would give him a reason to actually Mm -hmm. have partners. It's like. One guy saved him, and one guy got his ass mm-hmm. beat right along with him. And yeah. Joe doesn't have to be a face or a heel for it. He's mm-hmm. just there because he got his ass beat, and he wants revenge. You know. Yeah. That's the way I would play it, and this would it would totally make sense. 
uh, for Strong just to be so jealous and like and just fueled by rage and envy and just one one more thing and and uh, Cole can never forgive him for the for what mm-hmm. he does to MJF, you know, for the the brutal beating mm-hmm. he comes in and gives him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that'd be a good way to go with it. You have those guys just come in and ruin the fun festivities at a Grand Slam and mm-hmm. turn it really serious then mm-hmm. with a with a beating. Yeah. I think that's a bleak note to end Grand Slam on. Yeah, but I think that's what you do. Mm-hmm. I think that's where this is headed. I mean, this is headed towards him having some sort of episode, episode. some sort of psychotic yeah. episode. And what better way? What better time than their that big show, mm-hmm. and and a title match? Yeah, if they're setting it up to not include him, he better come and wreck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm, I like it. Yeah, but whatever they do with him. Man, he's been entertaining. Mm-hmm. He's been just great. <laughs> I, I just love getting to see him every, you know? He's been great. I think what I've enjoyed more than watching him is watching you get so excited about Roderick Strong. <laughs> I know. I never... Yeah. I wasn't much... Uh, I I don't watch NXT usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know the people who who love Roderick Strong, I think, have watched him on NXT in the past. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, he hasn't done too much for me one way or the other. I didn't have a negative or or positive feeling about Roderick Strong because I haven't seen him wrestle, really. Yeah. But the, these, uh... But his his acting and, uh... And his matches now, mm-hmm. though, have put me, yeah, I'm squarely in the Roderick Strong camp, I'll tell you that. I'm with him. Uh, what else have we got going so, on? So that start. that tournament, that tournament though, yeah. yeah, they got a. Like I said, that tournament with having like opening and mid card guys in a mm-hmm. world titled number one contender tournament, no, nah, that doesn't fly. They got a. Yeah. That's and that's insulting to your fans. I feel like, you owe it to your fans, really seriously. If you're gonna have a number one. If you know world title shot tournament, give us some stars. We want to see the stars face the stars. Mm-hmm. Like we don't care if they fucking lose. We want to see the top guys face the top mm-hmm. guys. You know. Do you think that they now that they're starting to do more pay per views? Like part of why we loved AEW when we first started watching it was because some of a lot of times our TV episodes were like as good if not better than the WWE pay-per-views at the time um, because they were putting on pay-per-view quality matches on television. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like they're starting to save those star versus star matches for pay-per-views now? Yeah, more so than they were. Yeah. More so than they were. But they still do. I mean, they still do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not insulting AEW television. I'm just saying I feel like there's been a shift with that and that might be why we're not seeing a star-filled tournament here, you know? Because they did just have the biggest show they ever had, followed immediately by another pay-per-view. So, like, two weeks in a row, having your stars on two pay-per-views and then saying, hey, now you're going to be in a tournament, that's asking a lot of them. Just a bit. But some of it's dilution. Like, they just have too many people signed. Yeah, they do. Period. Too many people. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to say anybody should get fired or lose their jobs. I'm not going to be like that. 
Huh? Move him to Ring of Honor. But yeah, move him to Ring of Honor, right. Move him to Ring of Honor. I mean, they've got too many people signed. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I was just saying 10 minutes ago or so. They've, they've got too many people signed, and it makes it an impossible task. You can't get everybody on TV. Mm-hmm. we got to get to know the characters, and you, there's not time to get to know the characters, and you can't just throw people out every once every four weeks and have us care about them. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so he's got to figure out some something. Yeah. And this shit with with having all these quality people signed and having as many jobber matches as he does is unacceptable. Yeah. Is unacceptable. Yeah. His his booking he's gotta change some yeah. things. I, I if he's going to and I'm not just talking to suit my personal taste. Mm-hmm. If he's going to grow, mm-hmm. he there's some things he's gotta change. Well, I feel like this is gonna sound mean, but I don't mean it to be mean. I feel like he's getting worse. Like, he's getting worse at booking the more yeah. he books. Like, no, how I is agree. that possible? I agree. Uh, like, how do you, how do you do something, what, like, counting Ring of Honor four times a week for for three years, and you're worse now than you were when you started almost? It just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Especially when you're getting... Feedback literally every time you do anything. You're getting feedback not only just numbers-wise from viewership and dollars, but also, I mean, take like three seconds on Twitter and everyone's telling you their opinion. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, there's no way he doesn't know that what he's doing isn't working. Yeah. So, like, why not shift and adjust? I, I I I feel like maybe he needs different people advising him. Or people advising him that he'll listen to, you know? I mean, he's spreading himself too thin, and it makes it feel like he's phoning in some of these some of these decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I don't think is his intention, and I don't think he realizes that that's what he's doing. Um, can I talk about something storyline-wise that I think is awesome that he's doing? Okay. Oh, Dark Order. Dark Order. Everybody do the hand symbol. Yeah. Hands up. All right. Um, so, my friends, the Dark Order, are recruiting again. They had a really awesome video promo on, mm, was that Diamond or Collision? Mm. I don't know. On one of those two shows. Uh, where it was like, almost like an infomercial for the Dark Order. It was delightful. Mm. Um, and I am so excited that they're starting to recruit new, recruit new members. My question to you, well, two questions. One, who do you think is going to be the first to join? And then two, do you think they're going to end up recruiting already known members of the AEW roster? Or is this going to be like a way to bring fresh faces up or give more weight to names that are already there? I think you got to turn at least one person who's already on the roster Mm-hmm. I'm not giving any fresh faces because there's too many people in this promotion already. Yeah. So. So who do you call it on? Um, man, that's tough. Just going on somebody who's been active lately. Let me try and think. I will say... 
I will say... Nick Wayne, why not? That's terrible. That's is, it, terrible? is it because he wears white and purple a lot? Is that why you're saying that? That might be part of it. Yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. No, it's part of it is just because he's a clean slate. He has nothing going on right now. His only gimmick is that he knows Darby Allen, and I think you need to separate, make him his own person, and mm-hmm. so put him with the Dark Order, let him become his own person, and and I think that's a good way to do it. Get him away from Darby Allen. He doesn't need to be Darby's friend. You know, he needs his... I mean, that's a good way to introduce him. That's mm-hmm. fine, but let's... What about the storyline they're doing right now between him and A.R. Fox? I mean, that'll be fine, and... and mm-hmm. But still, so you're gonna turn him heel. Yes. Yeah. He's too young and cute to be a heel. Like he looks like a child. No, well, you fix it. We'll fix it. You want to know who I think they should have joined? I think I think he he'd be a good heel, and you gotta you know, you gotta have people test themselves and. Yeah, but know. he's just so new. I don't know that you want to do that right away with his. He could character. be a heel, you know. I bet his acting is terrible. He looks like his acting is terrible. That you may be right about. Depending on his acting, Nick Wayne. That's my my answer. Think about the scenes he's had with A.R. Fox. Where he's like angry at A.R. Fox. Like, it looks like a high school play. Where people are like pretending to be angry. Yeah, you're right. It's not good. It would not be a good heel move. You want to know what I think? All right, I'm taking, I'm withdrawing my suggestion of Nick Wayne. Do you want to hear my awesome tag team suggestion? Sure. Butcher and Blade. Oh, yeah. Isn't that good? That makes sense. Maybe yeah. even Kipsabian and Penelope, like, if you want to, like, move the whole, like, fuse fuse the factions together. Uh, but I think I think Butcher and Blade would be good. You know, they're dominant in the tag division at times. They're consistent. They're good. They're bad guys. They're big. They're warm bodies. I like it. I yeah. like it. Kip Sabian doesn't feel like... No, I mean, not Kip Sabian. No. We'll leave him and Penelope out of it. Butcher and the Blade, though, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I like it. What about Bunny? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. She yeah. works, yeah. Mm-hmm. Butcher, Blade, and Bunny. Yeah. I think so. That's good. Thanks. I love the Dark Order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. They've, they're mostly in Ring of Honor now, though, right? No, well, they... They were, um, but I think they're moving them back over to AEW because I also think they're bringing the Righteous to AEW because they've had a few promos here recently. I think they're bringing them to the trio scene in okay. AEW. I hope so. What well, I who's re- their third member? Stu Grayson. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. What I would really like to see is the Righteous and Dark Order form one big cult together. Yeah. But in order to do that, the Righteous would have to eat the Dark well, the Order. The Righteous Order. Say, Ooh. what did you say? Like, eat it. Like, the, like they would take over the Dark Order. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think AW is ever going to let the Dark Order go. You know, because of Brody. I think Plus, it sells merchandise, I feel like. Don't you but think I mean, they sell yeah. merchandise? Oh, yeah, they definitely sell merchandise. But I think... I wonder. If you bring the Righteous up and have them become... I mean, they're a better cult, let's be honest. If you're comparing cults, Righteous way better than yeah. Dark Order. Um, so I think you would just sell Righteous merchandise instead of Dark Order merchandise. But... I don't think they're ever going to let that legacy go. So I feel like they wouldn't let the righteous take over Dark Order, you know? Yeah. Which is a, is is good, but it's a shame. At the same time, I feel like they're limiting themselves story-wise. 
But either way, it's really exciting to see both Dark Order and Righteous promos on AEW television. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's talk. Let's talk news. 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 I think we talked right. story about as much as anyone wants to hear from us. Are you checking my news? Yeah, news. Okay, let me know if you can't read something. All right. Let's see, collision ratings up this week. Despite college football competition, uh, Collision averaged 476,000 viewers, up 38.6. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, no, that's probably a percent sign. Oh, up 38% from, from last week? Yeah. Is that right? 38%. That's according to Wrestling Observer. Goddamn. Yeah. Well, that's pretty well, good. Well, last week was their lowest rating ever. Yeah, it was their lowest so, ever. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't hard to go up from there. Wow, I wonder what made such a big difference. That's a big. I feel like now that CM Punk is like officially gone, and people have realized and accepted that. I wonder what made. You think that's what made such a big difference? Yes. Really. I don't know. Maybe there were crappy college football games on. Who knows? Well, because they said ninety thousand people tuned out when CM Punk got fired. Mm-hmm. I think that's like gut reaction though like oh my god I'm done with this show you know and then you got a week to think about it yeah a week to watch WWE and be like man I miss AEW <laughs> so 38% okay well, good for them mm-hmm. so I'm uh, you know as uh, we're, we're kind of journalists kind of kind yeah. of we're content creators. We're content creators. I guess so that's a weird. better that's a better <laughs> way to describe it. Uh, so you know, I try and try and stay objective, but we like AEW more than WWE, and uh, so I'm cheering for them in the in the ratings war. Really, I just want to see both shows be good. Honestly, mm-hmm. is what yeah. I. So I'm the only reason I say I'm cheering for them in the ratings war is I. I want them to catch up to WWE just so there's competition. I was going to That's the only reason I care. You want a rating. There is no ratings war right now. No, like, there is there, no ratings war. No, I want a close. ratings you war. Wanna, yeah. Because, I mean, even if you just think about WWE before AEW existed, like right before they existed, and now, think about how much WWE has improved. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah because of better. AEW being there, you know? Like, I feel like they've caused WWE to step up their game so much. Mm-hmm. But if AEW continued to grow and actually became competition, who knows what WWE would become, you know, con- like, quality-wise. Like, they can only keep improving, hopefully, you know? I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we're not dissing WWE. We like both of them. We just both, I think, prefer AEW some. Yeah, we just prefer AEW and... Uh... Which, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Um... But yeah, my my only I'm just saying I would like there to be a ratings war because competition means there's good, you know, more good wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, WWE would have to step up their game more. AEW would step up their game mm-hmm. more. We got more better shows from both companies. You know, more better shows. Yeah, more and better shows. Yeah. Yeah. More better quality shows. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
so talk about a wrestle dream. Oh my god. Can I tell you this one? Yeah. Okay, so the match I have been I've been begging for 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 like the last two years is finally happening at Wrestle Dream on October first. It is Brian Danielson versus New Japan's Zack Saber Jr. And it is going to be the best match of the year. You're gonna stick to that? I I'm like ninety eight point seven percent sure. It's gonna be off the chain, yo. Yeah. Like I think it's I think that if anything is going to beat Osprey and Omega from this year, it's going to be this match. I think you're right on that. Yeah. Because yeah, so far it's been Osprey Omega. Mm-hmm. Uh, I f- I think. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I don't think anything's been close mm-hmm. except for maybe Omega and Takeshita. It was very yeah, good. That was very good, yeah. Yeah, if you're not familiar with Zack Sabre Jr., I'm not sure if he's still the TV champion, but he, he was. Is. Okay, yeah. So he's the New Japan television champion. Um, he is in the argument for uh, best technical wrestler in the world, as is Danielson. I would say they are the two top contenders for that for that title. Uh, uh, Danielson definitely is in uh, in the U.S., I feel like. Oh, in the U.S. he is, yeah. But I'm saying, like, in the world. Yeah. Uh, and so getting to see these two guys, like, go at it and see who is really the best technical wrestler is just going to be so good. I'm so excited. It's very exciting. Yeah. It is very exciting. Plus, anytime we get to see Zack Sabre Jr. is exciting. Yeah, he's great. Very often, he's, he's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. So it's believed, you know, Danielson wasn't quite fully healed when he when he faced Ricky Starks. Uh but uh he should be by the time he faces Saber. One announcement Danielson did make this week is that he's winding down his career. You know, he said after a year's time he's gonna stop wrestling full time. He made that announcement. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, he said this is the last year. Uh, so we'll see. You know, most wrestlers don't stick to their words. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if he does or not. Uh, but that's what he said. And then he'll, he'll step back some, and who knows what he'll do from there. You know, I'm sure he'll be like a booker, road agent, or something. He has, you know, seems to have a very good mind for the business. You know, I'm sure he'll well, do something in the business. Isn't Tony Khan's death plan that if he dies, Brian Danielson takes over? That's what I've heard, yeah. So, I mean, he should start practicing. Yeah. If that's the case. I mean, not that I think, I mean, Tony Khan's a young man, uh, but you never know, especially in the wrestling world. Jeez. Uh, on Collision, we had a big return. Jade Cargill rejoined AEW, dressed kind of like, uh, Awesome. Yeah, pretty awesome. Kind of like Storm is what it made me think of. Well, that's her usual, like, that, like, mirrored yeah, lock pattern. Yeah, I liked it. It was cool. She normally wears that, but this was, like, it's normally, like, as her, I don't want to call it a bikini top, but her, like, wrestling gear top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and except now it was, like, extended down into, like, a jumpsuit. It was very cool. Yeah. But she went, like, right after Chris Stat, so I think she's going after her TBS, TBS title. I'd like to see yeah. her in the in the in the women's world picture, but 
I guess they're yeah, I guess going with TBS instead. Yeah, I guess she wants her belt back. Well, she she has only one loss. I forget how many wins. They were keeping it's like track. Like 50-something. 50 50-something. 50 55, I think. Yeah. And one loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it should be interesting seeing Cargill and uh, and uh, Statlander. Mm-hmm. So she's still definitely a heel. At first, she came out looking like she was going to be a face because she was saving Chris from uh, the Renegades, beating her down. Mm-hmm. But then uh, slammed her. So and, and she's she's still with uh, Smart Mark Sterling too. So mm-hmm. administered her own beatdown. Mm-hmm. We saw another return that we didn't mention, and I guess she he wasn't gone as long as Jade Cargo was, but uh, I forget the match it was during, but Andrade, we see him backstage watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very exciting to see his face again. Because yeah. after his uh, feud with the House of Black, he disappeared. So Well, it wasn't even after his feud. It was during his feud with the House of Black he disappeared. No, it was as soon as he got his mask back. Oh, I forgot he got his mask yeah, back. Okay, yeah. my my fault. I forgot he got it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Andrade returned. He's always a welcome sight. You know, mm-hmm. he's fantastic. I think very highly of Andrade. I'd love to see him. I don't know why he's constantly, he's around and he's not around and around and not around. I don't know what's going on with him in AEW, what the deal is. It just got announced yesterday that he is now going to be at Wrestle Dream, and not Wrestle Dream, Wrestle Cade. Oh, that's yeah. What it he is. he was the person mm. that they were announcing. That's cool. Yeah, Wrestlecade is a uh, wrestling convention. A, thank you, wrestling convention in Winston Salem here. Uh, what else do we have here? Prince Nana signed a multi-year contract extension with AEW. Let's pause for a moment to allow everyone to do the Prince Nana dance in honor of that. So looks like he'll be around to help out with the Mogul Embassy. Uh, hoping they have some big plans for that stable, that mm-hmm. faction. They haven't done a whole lot with them yet, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Swerve uh, started a feud with uh, who was it? With Nick Wayne and Darby Allen. Didn't he start a feud with someone the other night? Nick oh, Wayne. Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, Swerve started a feud with Hangman Adam Page. I did not remember that. Remember? Good, I'm glad they're Remember he came out during his uh, promo? Yeah. And he said, if I had all the opportunities you had, I'd be the first first black champion. Yeah, can I just say, let's make that man the first black champion. Like, get on it, AEW. Yeah. I love that they're putting him against Hangman because they're finally putting him on that level, you know, of mm-hmm. like giving him an opponent that's in the world title scene, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so maybe... Oh, there's another one for my tournament. Paige, bam, put yeah. him in that tournament. Or like I said, swerve. And then say there, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was my point? Oh, the Mogul Embassy, yeah. Mm-hmm. So swerve Strickland... Brian Cage, you know, uh, had been on TV quite a bit and then kind of stopped. And we saw him beat up uh, Hangman a little bit the other night, I think. Or was that beating up Nick Wayne? Anyways, we've seen him recently beating up somebody at, at Swerve's behest. Uh, and 
the Gates of Agony. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw them in the Tag Team Battle Royal a couple weeks back. But, you know, I'd like to see the Mogul Embassy more often. Um, so hopefully we do. If they're re-signing their manager, it'd be nice to, to see the guys around more so he has something to manage. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's a good sign for the stable. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, actually have them around and, and wrestling. Uh, Santana is now known as Mike Santana. He gained a first name while he was away, and he's going to be a singles wrestler in AEW. At least he, there was a back and forth on, uh, I forget if it was on Twitter or X, excuse me, if it was on X or if it was on Instagram, but there was a, a back and forth where Mike Santana announced he's going to be a singles wrestler, and then Ortiz comes on and is like, damn, man, I wish you'd told me, you know, shit, you know. Uh, this was a while ago, wasn't it? Not... A week ago or so. Oh, oh okay. And said, uh, you know, I wish you told me, you know, you can talk to me, uh, you could have talked to me about it, and you still can, blah, blah, blah. And then Santana said something back, Ortiz said something back, et cetera, et cetera. So some people are saying it's a work. Oh, because, okay. Because they did it so publicly. Some people are saying it's a work and we're going to have a Santana Ortiz feud that's a work. Ooh, I like it. Uh, Only if it ends up with them loving each other in the end and reforming Proud and Powerful. I would like to see, I would like to see them together. That's a shame. I hope they're not really on the outs, you know. Well, didn't you say they were on the outs before and Conan brought them together? That's what I had heard is they were actually on the outs and Conan brought them back together yes Mm -hmm. so it makes sense that this is a work I hope so Mm -hmm. I hope so I mean when you see something done that publicly you you gotta gotta think it's a work because they could just text each other Mm -hmm. you imagine you know yeah uh so hopefully it's a work uh some bad news uh BJ Whitmer Former AEW coach producer coach slash producer was indicted on charges from a June fourth arrest for first degree strangulation and second degree burglary. He was released by AEW after his June arrest, and I believe he wrestled for them on one show, one or one or two shows as well. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so hopefully he can get his life together mm-hmm. uh, also not not necessarily bad news just sad news Tony Khan provided a private jet for AW talent to attend Bray Wyatt uh, his funeral uh, Wyndham Rotunda his real name so that very sad you know the wrestling world still feeling the shock waves from Wyndham Rotunda's passing still unbelievable to me. Still yeah. doesn't feel real. Like out of all the people, mm-hmm. you know, you take like the most, one of the most beloved and creative wrestlers mm-hmm. there is. You know, yeah, yeah, it's terrible. And his uh, fiance just released uh, something today online, uh, a kind of a public uh, goodbye to him. It was very heartbreaking. So if you want to go and 
And if you want to go and read something super sad, you should go and read that. What uh, her name Jojo something or other. If you just search for that, you know, like Jojo goodbye to Bray Wyatt, I'm sure you'll find it. It's very sad. Um. Also, Ace Steel released from AEW. So we had to see this coming. Shortly after his boy CM Punk was fired from AEW, Ace Steel has also been shown the door. He was also uh, involved in the brawl out, that fight at All Out last year. Uh, Was accused of biting someone. Uh, that's the story that, that went around the internet. Uh, so, and then he was brought back and now is fired. So, who knows if he'll find uh, find a new home. I'm sure he will. He's mm-hmm. always been around the, the wrestling world as a as backstage, uh, it feels like. So, I'm sure he'll find uh, find work. Alright, and now let's move on to our weekly rankings. Rankings, 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 rankings. Top, 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 five, 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 top five. <laughs> Alright, uh, what should we start with? The men, women, or teams? Let's start with teams. Let's start with the teams. So these are tag teams uh, and trios teams lumped all together. Number five, uh, new to the list. Juice Robinson and the Guns. Fourth place, moving down two spots from second, the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, Better Than You, Bebe, the team of MJF and Adam Cole. Third place, making their debut on the list, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, Lay Sex Gods. Second place, moving up a spot from third, the AEW World Tag Team Champions, FTR. And the top team on the list, again, the AEW World Trios Champions, the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass. So the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass, FTR, Les Sex Gods, Better Than You, Bebe, and Juice Robinson and the Guns. Let's do the men next. Okay. Uh, fifth place... Down two spots from third, Luchasaurus, the TNT champion. Fourth place, uh, making his debut on the list, Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor television champion. And he's in the, the final for the number one contender to the world title. Third place, making his debut on the list. He is in, also in the final for the number one contender to the world title, Roderick Strong. Second place, staying in second from last week, John Moxley, the AEW International Champion. And staying in first place, MJF, the AEW World Champion. So MJF, Moxley, Roderick Strong, Samoa Joe, and Luchasaurus. And last but not least, the women. Number five, down two spots from third, Ruby Soho of the Outcasts. Fourth place, the returning Jade Cargill with only one loss on her record. Third place, making her debut in the top five, Emmy Sakura. 
Staying in second place from last week, Chris Statlander, the TBS champion. And staying in first place from last week, Soraya, the AEW world champion. So Soraya, Statlander, Emi Sakura, Jade Cargill, and Ruby Soho. And that has been your top five, top, 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 five, 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 top five, top five, top five. That's been your top five. All right. So what are we going to do? The topic of the week now? Yeah. So our topic of the week this week is announcers. Mm-hmm. So AEW has a bunch of them. Yep. And they rotate some of them out. Sometimes they do as many as four on a show, mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah. I th- Who's their best announcer? I'm going to go ahead and say, I feel like it's Excalibur. Can I say one that's not there anymore? Okay. Ian Riccoboni. Oh. Hmm. Ian Riccoboni. And, and why? And why? So, Ian Riccoboni has personality, number one, but yeah, not personality that overshadows his reporting of what is happening in the ring. He has an extensive historical knowledge of both AEW and Ring of Honor, as well as what's going on in Mexico and Japan, and brings that knowledge with him to commentary, uh, but doesn't talk incessantly throughout the matches, you know? Um, I feel like any show he's on, any match he's commentating for, improves the quality of that match and that show. And I don't think that can be said for most other announcers, that they are consistently and constantly doing that to the point where it's noticeable. Like, Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman are my favorite part of Ring of Honor. Hmm. Like, I enjoy their commentary. More than the wrestlers? I think it's tied. Like, I feel like I would not enjoy Ring of Honor half as much as I do if it wasn't for their commentary. They bring that much to the table. Like, if you had put an AEW, like, for example, if you put Nigel uh, McGinnis and Kevin Kelly on Ring of Honor as the announced team, that show loses so much in my eyes. Yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, it's maybe not 50%, but, like, they elevate the level of Ring of Honor and and make the show so much more enjoyable and so much more watchable, you know? Um, And, like, I care about what they have to say to the point where I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're going to say about that, you know? Um, And especially with, like, the history of Ring of Honor, like, bringing up, like, previous title reigns, former feuds, like, giving you that background knowledge that makes matches mean more. I feel like Ian Riccoboni, well, Ian Caprice Coleman in that case, but uh, Ian Riccoboni specifically, I feel like he does a really good job with that. So I'm going to go with him as my favorite AEW announcer, even though he's not there anymore. Very good answer. Very long and thought Sorry. out answer. <laughs> no, I, that's I fine. Ian, I love Ian Riccoboni. As, as I can tell. Yeah. yeah. So what about you? Why Excalibur? Excalibur, he knows all the moves. He knows all the move names. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helps if you're announcing the matches, uh, because some announcers don't. Um, and, you know, he has a good voice. That makes a big difference mm-hmm. also. Um, just the, the speed of his announcing, it's not too fast, not too slow. 
you know, the Goldilocks speed. Uh, no, I think just all around he does a good job of, of being relatable, but also kind of hyping the product like he should as an announcer mm-hmm. without being like just a total shill for the product, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. He, he does a good, good middle ground of talking, talking to you and talking at you, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, but yeah, just he, he he's able to keep up with the matches and he's able to to really uh, report the so so say there's say there's a really quick sequence mm-hmm. with you know two really quick wrestlers. Mm-hmm. He's able to translate that sequence very well mm-hmm. and tell you. They did this move into this move and that move and then that move. And mm-hmm. he, he can tell you in a way where you can actually process it. Uh, process it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Unlike what I was doing just then. Yes. yes. Yeah. Process it. Uh, yeah. And, and that's a really valuable skill as an mm-hmm. announcer. Um, so yeah, and and it's needed in AEW when you have people like Danielson or Penta or Ray Phoenix or mm-hmm. Elijo Del Vikingo mm-hmm. and people breaking out all these crazy moves. Yeah, it's necessary in AEW when you have, uh, and then especially when you have talent coming in for just one offs. When you have people with move names that are new, mm-hmm. you know, when you have someone with the knowledge that Excalibur does of the sport and of the competitors. Uh, it just it helps the presentation a lot when when he's able to do that, uh, and like I said, the knowledge he has of competitors, you know, he'll know people before they they come and visit mm-hmm. AEW when when they have those visitors, mm-hmm. he already knows their moves, mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to you know learn someone new. He knows them already. Mm-hmm. He's just very knowledgeable, yeah. uh, and that comes across like immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's 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 not always you can be knowledgeable and be a terrible announcer like Mark Madden, WCW people will know what I'm talking about. Mark Madden and WCW. Uh, there's an example. Very knowledgeable guy, terrible announcer. Hmm. Uh, but it just it doesn't always translate. Um, yeah, that's why I like Excalibur. And then you know a poor announcer. Wait, before you do that poor announcer, can I tell you my second favorite announcer? It's Caprice Coleman, isn't it? Well, no, I'm talking about AEW. Oh, okay. Um, Taz. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, can I tell you why? Yeah. So, I feel like Taz, more so than any other former wrestler that's an announcer, brings his wrestling experience to his announcing. Like, he does a really great job of explaining why wrestlers are choosing to do what they're doing, and like what they should maybe be doing instead or what made them decide to like break a hold a certain way. Like I feel like he gives you more so than any other announcer, a glimpse into the mind of the wrestler you're watching. Um, And I find that fascinating. Mm -hmm. He also doesn't like when someone messes up a move, he calls it like it is. So he's like, they didn't get any of that. You know, I mean like he's very honest and I appreciate that because he recognizes they're all watching the same thing I'm watching. So exactly. if I see that move didn't land at all, 
they're going to know that move didn't land at all. So I'm not going to pretend like it did. And I feel like that's a fault of many announcers. And Taz is not one of them. So I appreciate mm-hmm. that. All right. Who do you hate? Go for it. I was, I was going to say, probably my second favorite announcer mm-hmm. is probably Jericho. Mm-hmm. And that's just because he's funny. Yeah. Uh, but he also brings, you know, those kind of mm-hmm. of comments. Yeah. Um, but Taz is probably my third favorite announcer in, in AEW. I didn't sell you on Ian Riccoboni. I like Ian Riccoboni a lot. Uh, I think he's great. Uh, they have a lot of good announcers. They're they're blessed with good announcers. Yeah, for WWE. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Well, their guys might be good announcers, but they're just having to do a style that is terrible. Is terrible. I hate I hate WWE announcing. Yeah. They yeah. make it about them and like their thoughts and opinions instead of the match a lot of the time. I don't care for that. Yeah. You know, when they're like. They're supporting their guy so much that that becomes the story they're telling instead of like what's going on. Yeah, I don't care for that at all. Yeah, I hear you. Um, all right, who do you hate? Go no, for it. No, I was talking about who I liked still. Oh, still, I'm sorry. Okay. Taz Jericho, I like Ian Riccoboni. He's mm-hmm. on Ring of Honor, so we're not really talking about him though. He was on Collision. He was on for Collision for a while. We thought he was replacing Kevin Kelly, and we're he was enjoyed. much better than Kevin Kelly. Yeah. Um, I also uh, I had someone else I was going to say. Damn it. And I forgot. Taz, Jericho. Damn it, I forgot who else I was going to say. Well, who do I hate? Oh, let me tell you. <laughs> Kevin Kelly. Go ahead and take on, a seat, folks. On it's collision. Be a while. No, it's not, really. <laughs> on collision. His knowledge base is not there, I feel like. Man. His knowledge base doesn't include how to pronounce some of the wrestlers' names. Right. His, like, what? His voice is very thin and weak. You know, he kind of he kind of sounds like this. And I'm Kevin Kelly, and I'm here, and it's Collision, and we're right here with AEW Collision. Ew! Spread spread the word around the world. It's Collision. It's very thin and weak, and. Uh, Ugh, I just, I, I don't like the sound of his voice. He sounds like a little wiener. And, uh, <laughs> he sounds like a little wiener. And, uh, but yeah, he just has no authority to his voice. And so, you know, so his opinions and what he's trying to sell you doesn't really come across because the tone and the the sound of his voice don't have the authority to to put it across. Uh, and you might be thinking the same thing about my voice right now. Well, that's fine. You can have your own opinion. But I'm telling you, that's definitely true about his voice. Uh, that it doesn't have the, the authority to, to put things across. He's the worst of all the AEW announcers by far. And how people... How he has a job that big like i don't get it uh i really don't well i mean Um, we thought that he was replaced i thought he was replaced i'm not sure why he was gone for those several weeks on collision but but i wish he'd stayed gone yeah uh because ian riccoboni was way better at at his job than kevin kelly was or is at his job um yeah and and kevin kelly 
you know, he has a, a fake outrage and he talks like this and he says, why you never, and you stinking bad guy and I just hate that and I hate it and I hate it and I'm Kevin Kelly and I hate it and I fucking hate it when he sounds like that and that fake outrage that he does and it's just I don't awful. Think I've that. Oh man, and he's so like, so 1992 and I mean that in a bad way. Not in a good in a good way, because you know usually that would be a good thing, but that's that's a bad thing. Would it be? Yeah, nineteen ninety two was awesome. Oh, okay. But uh, I mean that in a bad way. He just he he's he's not good. He doesn't work with the product, and why he has the position, I'll never understand. And that's as much as I'm gonna run him down. Really, I don't feel like being too mean about the guy. That was not being too mean. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to really? Nope. <laughs> that was not being too mean. But, yeah, just Kevin Kelly, the, the announcing, I, I don't care for it. Um, but, yeah, in, in general, I think the AEW announcing is very well done. And they do a good job of getting across the product. I think it's one of the best parts of their promotion. And I think... I think it's, quality-wise, I think it's probably the most steady, best part of their promotion, honestly. Even when well, they're in-ring product, if, if you count out Kevin Kelly, if you, if you discount Kevin Kelly now, it's the best part of their promotion. But you got to count him in, so, it, so it's not. <laughs> Why did you sound so incredulous when I said that Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman were one of the best parts of... Ring of Honor. Well, no, I just said but more than the wrestlers. Well, I mean, is that what you're saying about AEW? In a way. Hmm. In a way. I'm just saying on a... The, the, the announcing is good even when the in-ring product sometimes may not be at, mm-hmm. a, at its best. The announcing mm-hmm. is still yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. Except Kevin Kelly. Uh, but yeah, collision. They gotta get somebody else in there, man. He just is not doing it. If you feel otherwise, please get at us in the comments. You know, and we'll tell you how wrong. Let you us are. know, and we'll tell you how wrong you are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, Kay, do you have anything else you'd like to add about the AEW announcing? I really enjoy when they have guest announcers on AEW and Ring of Honor. I'm going to group them together again because I want to talk about Maria Canales Bennett. Because um, we're seeing the kingdom on AEW now, so I count her as being part of that, even though she hasn't shown up. Uh, she is one of my favorites, like, added to the commentary during matches, uh, non-wrestlers, uh, or non, non-commentators. I think you were speaking too fast. Do you want to tell the listeners who you're talking about I'm again? I'm sorry, yes. Um, so I'm talking about Maria Canellis Bennett, who is the manager of the kingdom. Um, she has joined the commentary team on several kingdom matches on Ring of Honor. And her character is so great, and it translates so well to her on commentary. She is just like, vicious mm-hmm. and it's delightful yeah um very biting yes yeah mm. there was one episode where they had the whole all of the kingdom on the commentary and like they ran out of headsets and were like like matt taven and uh 
Bennett had to had to share a headset. And Mike Bennett. Mike Bennett, I'm sorry. Mike and and, and uh, Matt Taven had to share a share a headset. It was very funny. Um, yeah, I enjoy I enjoy the frequency with which AEW has guest commentators, and I feel like that stands them apart from WWE. WWE does it sometimes, but I feel like AEW does it better. No, um, they definitely do it better. Like, like Don Callis is frequently on there, and he's great. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. adds, adds another level to the match, another layer. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. They bring out uh, or or Christian Cage mm-hmm. when yeah. Luchasaurus has a match, or Jericho, Jericho when yeah. Sammy Guevara has a match, or whatever. Or, yeah. Yeah, they're very good at doing that. I'd like to see them on AEW do it with women. Um, yeah. Because they yeah. never have, as yeah, far as I know. That's a very good point. Um, like, because Maria Canales Bennett was on Ring of Honor. And so I don't, I can't think of a woman they've had as a guest commentator. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I think some of them would be really good at it. Yeah. If given the opportunity. They should. Just like with wrestling, they'd be really good at it if given the opportunity. Yeah. Which, once again, it's. Uh... The, if the WWE and AEW both dedicate about eight percent of their airtime, give or take, to women's wrestling, which man, when you think about it, that's pretty ridiculous. Like I'm not saying it should be fifty fifty. I don't want that. I'm not going to pretend that I do, but I think it should be like sixty six thirty three. I'd go for that. Mm-hmm. You know. I think it should be that, at least. Dude, I'll even take, like, 25% at this point. Give me something. You know, but 8% is yeah. is ridiculous. Embarrassing. Yeah. I can't believe WWE's at 8%. Because they at least yeah. have more than one women's You match. would think so. They just present it better. Where's that stat coming from? That Well, that was a, a particular week. That was the last time I saw uh, that stat. So okay. I think, in general, WWE does yeah. more. Um, that was coming from a particular week, a couple weeks ago. Okay. So, that's why I said give or take. Mm-hmm. But both of them, you know, neither of them does too much, you know. But, I mean, that's that's another way you can give your women exposure. No, yeah, you're Without right. having to give them another match. Like, if you're not willing to put on one more than one women's match for some reason per, per show, and you're only doing one women's promo... At least put them on commentary or something. Like, do something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the minimum of what you could be doing. But that's better than nothing, which is what they're doing now. Um, mm. Yeah. They should be doing two women's matches per show. I'll say that on this podcast until... I'll say it every podcast I'll episode. I'll say it every until, podcast episode until, and until, uh, until it happens. Yeah. AEW should be doing two women's matches. WWE should be doing two women's matches per show. Maybe it's not. It's time. not asking a lot. Like I, I can. I can think of almost no episodes of WWE where they only had one women's match. Yeah. It's almost always two. Oh, they should they should always be doing two women's matches yeah. per show, at least. So. Well, uh, but yeah, with commentary, yeah, that that's a good point. I had never thought of that honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's an avenue that they haven't explored with their with their women as guest commentary, and I, I bet you they have done it sometime, but I can't think of the time. But I'm sure they have done it. I I, I bet with Britt Baker at least. Yeah. But 
I can't think of the time, so they haven't done it much, if okay. if haven't at all. Recently. They haven't done it recently, for sure, yeah. yeah. So that is definitely something that they need to do. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks. That's a good point. Well, let's leave it on that good point. Okay. Uh, so, folks, uh, I want to make an announcement. We, uh, this past week, we did our first Halloween Havoc watch-along. It was very spooky, but very fun. Don't get too scared. Don't get scared off. Uh we watched Halloween Havoc 94, and fun was had by all. We wore costumes. We guided you through a 1994 WCW show, so it was a pretty good show. Uh, only two matches were not good, and six were, were pretty good. Uh, main event was Hogan versus Flair in a retirement match in a steel cage with Mr. T as the goddamn ref. So there you go. Uh, that was, that's a show. But we, we had our first one Saturday. We're having our next Halloween Havoc watch-along on Saturday, September 23rd at 4.30 p.m. And uh, so on Saturday the 23rd, just come to our YouTube channel, No Bones About Wrestling. Come at 4.30 and just hang out, and we'll be talking and chit-chatting until about 4.40 when we're all going to be on our Peacock accounts and uh, or your Halloween Havoc 95 DVD <laughs> or whatever, um, or your VHS, and you press play on Halloween Havoc 1995. We're watching the follow-up. Uh, the main event is Hulk Hogan putting the world title on the line against the giant uh probably better known now as the Big Show, Paul White. Uh, they have a wrestling match, and they also have a sumo monster truck battle. Now, let me explain to you what this is. They have a Hulk Hogan monster truck. They have a giant monster truck. Hulk Hogan drives the monster truck. The giant drives his monster truck. They have locked the two, the, the grills together, and... It's a sumo battle. So these these cars are locked together and they're just trying they're they're in a circle on top of a building and these cars are trying to push each other out of the circle like in a sumo wrestling match but with monster trucks. And that 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 happens and this was a real thing that happened on pay-per-view and we're going to watch it. Um and there are a lot of good matches. It's a very good show. And, uh, again, September 23rd, 4.30 p.m., come join us. Uh, going to be a good time. Uh, so, next, you will hear from us on Saturday with WWE Weekly. Uh, WWE Weekly is Saturdays. This week in AEW is Tuesdays. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode of either one or any of our special shows. Right. Um, And uh, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe there. We'll be doing more stuff on YouTube as well. Uh, No Bones About Wrestling is the the account there, of course. And um, thanks for listening. And as Mick Foley would say, have a nice day. Bye.